I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and the way a story should be told. And um, it's also been called by some of our listeners here as the Storytellers Church, in part because I tend to record these on Sundays, but um, I guess they also sound like little like story sermons and places where we place where we pick apart story. We talk about family lore. We talk about the way stories affect us, whether the ones we're reading or we're writing or consuming really in any way, whether they are fiction or nonfiction. Um, summer is <laughs> always a strange story time for me um, as a fiction writer because I don't do nearly as much actual fiction writing during the summer as I do during the school year as I still have you know um, children to deal with and uh, you know summers tend to be um, hectic and we just I just had a daughter who had her wisdom teeth out and then my second my other daughter is also going to be having her wisdom teeth out so so these things just um, kind of take one out of well take one off on schedule take me particularly it definitely takes me out of my schedule and has me writing more in piecemeal um and in spurts which um well you know it, it which can be frustrating so to that end um recently my husband sent me this article it, well it's on abandoned places um Places that were once just glorious, but are now like these sort of forsaken European castles and villas. Dying tokens of splendor and opulence, you know, captured by this truly incredible architectural photographer named um, Mirna Pavlovich, uh, who, you know, has this thing for deserted structures. I mean, <laughs> she risks getting arrested, falling through rotted floors, or just plain old getting cooties, you know, by climbing fences and ignoring the no trespassing signs in order to get just some truly incredible shots. You know, ones of beautiful homes that, for reasons we can only imagine, have been ditched and left to slowly decay. Their murals, and oh my God, some of these murals are just spectacular. And their marble and artisan carpentry, they're all being encroached upon by the elements. Until one day, they're just going to become part of the natural earth again. And, you know, she, her, her photographs capture them in the middle of this process, mostly. They are truly never dead yet never really alive, Pavlovich says of these villas, precariously treading along the border between life and death, decay and growth, the seen and the unseen, the past and the present. Abandoned places confusingly encompass both at the same time, thus leaving the ordinary passerby overwhelmed with both attraction and revulsion. What a great quote. I mean, I love the duality she sees in these spaces. 
that the ghosts who visit while she snaps her pictures may tell a very different tale to her than to someone else. They might speak of folly or dancing or formality or wingdings, you know, for those of you listening who might be younger, of a, of a lot younger, even a lot younger than me, but also, I mean, this is, this wingdings is, is something that was used, God, I think in the 1920s and 30s, but it's, it basically means a big party. Or the stories can, or the stories, well, the stories that these deserted places, these abandoned places tell can be ones of anguish and broken dreams, empty promises, death, hope, rebirth, kind of the opposite of a party. Or maybe they're just all of these things jumbled up into one, like a long Russian novel. Reminds me of the stories you write, my husband told me. And he has a point. I mean, it seems I cannot write a story without a double meaning or a phantom of some sort. And while Myrna Pavlovich focuses on place, I train my eye on people, emotion, memory, the senses, you know, picking apart and reassembling the interior mechanisms that conspire to make up a soul. Urging my imagination to recognize the spiritual components which make that soul eternal. I mean, it may seem counterintuitive, but I feel an inherent sense of optimism when I'm dreaming up characters who have been disavowed or betrayed, left behind to descend into ruin. Because from there, the only way is up. Thought by thought, step by step, decision by decision, I feel like understanding this narrative is what gives life meaning. It opens our hearts to mercy. So I understand Myrna Havlovich's fixation. The chronicling of this organic and at times like a quasi supernatural metamorphosis is the sole reason I've never even considered giving up on being a fiction writer even when the frustration and the fear of failure has been so great that it's kept me up at night. <laughs> Found me tearing through my kitchen to cook up gourmet meals that no one in my family really wants to eat or made me say mean things to my children's hamsters. Because writing is so much more than a skill to me or a way to do my part in keeping my kids ensconced in their, you know, various enrichment activities. Writing is an extension of faith, of compassion, of trying to leave behind something that will matter to someone else. And when I take time off from my stories for, for an extended period, like during the summer, I find myself averting my eyes from the ruined places and the ruined souls that I would otherwise be exploring. I mean, not because I can't bear to look at them, but because I can't spare the time. 
the hours in the day fill up with cooking and laundry and driving. And for a while, yes, the house looks better. Our lives are more organized and our kids are always on time for their events. And those intervals are important too and I'm not knocking them, nor would I give them up. But when they stretch out for too long, my interior life becomes a bit more stark. I mean, I might be a more competent wife and mother, might, but not necessarily a better one. I mean, I start to pick teens instead of examining issues, for instance. Ugly words begin to mean less and even make me a little giddy. They start to feel like contraband, you know, like smoking a cigarette behind the shed doors when you're a teen. If I look away for too long, I start to give myself permission to retreat comfortably behind, you know, the sanctimony of, say, political correctness or biblical passages or quotes from my favorite writers or philosophers. Believing wrongly that I've got this empathy thing down. Smug in my place in the world, judgment and condescension worm their way into my daily thoughts. And I have so much less to teach my children. I mean, I don't mean for it to happen. It's just something that creeps up like the ivy in some of the mansions Pavlovich likes to photograph. And that's when I know. That's when I know that it's time to climb that fence again, march past the no trespassing sign, and risk falling from a rotted floor and getting cooties in order to spend some time inside a soul. Perhaps denied, friendless, and pitiful, but still standing. So, I do want to spend more time crawling into those souls and and listening to their whispers. And I have to say, this, this article that my husband gave me really did light a fire in that regard, and I'm going to share it in the show notes. Um, Another thing that has really helped in that regard, and this is something that I'll be talking about in greater detail later, is that I have started book coaching. I actually book coaching my first client, who is a dear friend of mine, and who is writing just the most fabulous story. It's actually going to be a series. It's a mystery series, and it's spectacular. I mean, it is a character-driven mystery. It, she, her premise is fantastic. So it is just exciting and energizing. And to my surprise, that has also been a really wonderful and energizing thing to be doing this summer as, you know, I, I'm kind of piecemealing my fiction a bit um, because it's it has helped me step back and kind of view my own work um, with some objectivity and maybe even helped me take some of my own advice. But um, in any case, I'll be, I'll be talking about that in greater detail over the next few months, weeks, days, years, all of that. Um, and in the meantime, I ask you to stay cold, my friends. And I do 
thank you for being here. I also um, would like to urge you to please give Cold a follow, give us a starred review, tell your friends about Cold if you're enjoying your listening experience, because really word of mouth is what keeps podcasts like this going. And it also helps podcasters, helps me um, understand what's working, what isn't, what is helpful to you, what is interesting to you, and, um, you know, what what you would like to hear. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Next time.